right. Uh, let me get to Fikret and Fatima to come. Right. This is a kind of um, follow-on from a story that you've heard somewhat before. So I'll give you a mic so that we can hear you. Now, you can hold that. Well, no, no, I'll hold it. <laughs> so, many of you know your kind of, some of your story. Um, you had a traditional marriage back in uh, Albania, an arranged marriage. Came to England, and like so many of these things, the marriage broke down. You were pregnant. He was off the scene. I don't know if he was deported or get muddled up then, but he wasn't, he wasn't around. Marriage had broken down. During the pregnancy, you met a certain midwife. <laughs> what, who did you meet? Yeah, um, during that time, as you said, he was deported and came back, but he... Um, he, were, he didn't come back to you. He was, yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> No, 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 you stay here. So, um, I was, because um, I was homeless and I was heavily pregnant, I uh, asked the housing to find, to find me a house. So they um, asked me to go to Darlington and I agreed. I prepared everything. The next day I was meant to travel. But then I had an appointment as regularly to Lucy November. She was my midwife. And I went there and because I didn't know anything about babies, I wasn't like traditional girls. I was more rebellious. And um, I um, translated a few words and I say to her, when I have my baby, can you help me if I ask you on the phone? And um, she managed to understand me. And she said, um, I've got a spare room, come and live with us. So now um, part of me wanted to say to her, no, because you're Christian, I can't come to your house. But I couldn't speak. Because you were Muslim. I was a Muslim. Mm. So I couldn't speak. And according to Islam, if you socialize with Christians, you're a sinner. Mm. You are worse than them. So I was socializing with them, but I thought if I live in their house, I'm going to be more wrong. So that's how I ended up with So you went and lived there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you had the baby. Yeah. Uh, your father gave you some advice about Lucy. Yeah. He came two years after... I was here in England. He came to visit us. What did he and, say? Um, he met with Lucy, and he said, oh, she's lovely, but he said, be careful, because she's like a snake. She's going to take you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, because I, I also, I love so much her. I said, like, that's, that's, you're wrong. She's not like that. And he just said, like, you always have disobeyed me, and you always are stubborn. Yes. I'm just telling you. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. I, I but mean, you, you continue to disobey him. I do. Yes. And then things moved on, and you came before and told us how and repented of living a deception, and we were all rejoicing as we forgave you. And uh, in the meantime, Ficaret came to know Jesus. Yeah. So when I met Jesus, um, I got gave you compassion for him. I mean, I didn't like him to be in my life like my husband, but no. I wanted him to meet Jesus. <laughs> so <laughs> and, uh, so I, I started to tell him about Jesus, and then he finally met, and in six months he was 
I um, connected him with another church to go in evening services. Yeah. I was just making sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Follow and, um, Jesus, but not come too close to you. <laughs> That's the idea. <laughs> yeah, and um, so um, he was going to another church, and so as I said, God gave me compassion for him. Yeah. And he met Jesus, but I didn't like anything to do with and him. And then we were kind of talking, because yeah. he was living there, but you weren't as yeah. husband and wife. And I kind of upset you a little bit. You did. Yes. <laughs> Quite a little bit. Saying really something had to change in this. So then we did the marriage course. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> if I survive that, I'll never die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I remember that. Um, after I confessed, because I remember God, before I confessed, he gave me a verse that I still to this day, I, um, I have it into my heart. I was reading the book of Ezekiel, and it was um, chapter 3, verse 10, where God says, um, Son of man, read my instruction carefully and sing them deep into your heart first, then go into people and tell them about me. So um, in that part, when I asked Holy Spirit to explain to me what does it mean, because I was just so like overwhelmed and I was just shaking, and I remember God saying to me that you can't go and tell people that God loves you and forgives you if you're not willing to forgive. And you can't say to people that God is God of restoration if you're not willing to restore your, restore your marriage. And then another thing was that God said, uh, you can't say to people, uh, you shouldn't lie, you should be honest while you're living in deception yourself. Yeah. So, so then I came and I confessed. You confessed and you and agreed that you should move towards proper marriage. Yeah, and I did. Fikra, you were in favour of that, weren't you? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. And then you met another problem, which was me. <laughs> because although you were willing to be obedient, we were saying there needs to be your body, soul and spirit, and there needs to be a, a feelings and release to actually be not just I will do this because I am told sort of thing. Okay, so jumping forward, God spoke to you and yeah. something happened briefly. <laughs> Quickly. Well, I'm not English, so I'm going to oh, go No, down. no, 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 I know you're not. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Well, just to, to mention this point, when, he, uh, when John and Don asked me <laughs> for marriage course, I agreed because I thought they're going to fix him. <laughs> that, that is true, honestly. But then all the time during the whole session, they're all focused on me. And, and I was just thinking, like, it's him, it's him all the time. And then always they try to challenge me. Tell the people then, when I said one day to you, what are you afraid of? Yeah, that I was going there. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, we had always good session. I, all, I managed to understand where he's coming from, like to see his heart and... That was, that's what God wanted me to do. But then it was a particular session on the end of January. They came to our home, and then we have that discussion about marriage. And John didn't say, you haven't improved. But he said, um, there is something that has to change in you. And then I disagreed, as usual. I said, what are you afraid of? And then afterwards, I was a bit upset. And John kept saying three times, what are you afraid of? And my immediate response was, I'm not afraid. 
So it's just like I had this quick reaction because I was so shocked. I thought he knew me and I, I'm not afraid of anything. And I, I did and I wasn't, I mean, in my knowledge. And then anointed for influence. And then I was, but before we were, I mean, I had started to do the course anointed for influence. So I had f finished. And in one of those subjects that Anthony had treated was overcoming rejection. So I had finished and I didn't see anything in it. I thought, no, nothing to, nothing to do with me. So we finished that course and then we had that session with John and Dawn. And then I remember <coughs> I just felt rejected from John for the first time and I didn't know why I did feel that. Um, so I went back and, cause I remember we received an email from him again saying he had included all the sessions. So he wanted us to give a review in all the sessions. And for some reason I went to rejection straight away. And uh, I checked it through, and he has listed some symptoms. And one of them at the, top, uh, at, the, at the bottom of it was, do you love others, and do you receive love? And I was like, oh. And then the next one was, are you too independent? Yes. And that was something like, it and was then, me. And then he was. Then God said to you, say it. Yeah. Just finish with it. No, 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 no look. <laughs> My dinner is burning right now. Okay. Dear okay, Lord, um, this is a mistake. So, <laughs> this. So, so straight away I started to um, justify, like, oh, I don't think that's true. I, I love people and I think some people love me. And I was trying to justify my actions. And because I was in my own in the house, it was Friday. And it was just... And I just felt this... Um, strong voice in my heart where God said, um, no, call it as it is. Call it as it is. And yes. I was just like, oh. And then I said, oh, oh so, so I have the rejection. And I straight away repented and asked God to come and yeah. meet with me and deliver me from it. So then there was a total and complete change inside you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just very, very observable. You observed it. We observed it. Because God had spoken and God also brings it to pass, yes? So anyway, a uh, couple of weeks ago, we got together so that you could properly express your vows to one another before God. Yeah. And that was a great time, wasn't it? Let Ficarette say that was a great time. He <laughs> <laughs> can have the microphone up the right way. Right? <laughs> was that a good time, Ficarette? Yeah, that was a good time. Yeah. It was a great yeah. time. I think we need to just thank God and celebrate. That's a kind of culmination of a, of a long story. <laughs> Praise God, yes. Uh, there's a lot more that you could hear on that, and Fikaret uh, and Fatima are willing to talk, but we're, we're tight on time uh, to share any more. Uh, as the occasion comes when Fatima will be here to teach or preach, we'll give you a warning so that you can bring your beds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. We've been practicing giving her a bad time for so long, it's just a way of life now. <laughs> All right, well, hey, that's good. Let's hear a bit more about what, 
what God's been doing. Um, we've got a lot of people responded to give uh, testimony. I want to include them in what we're saying, but let's get the difficult one over first. Richard Hilton. Hi, so the other, a few weeks ago, John was asking, uh, well, John was talking on being led by the Spirit, and I responded. Um, it took me a while to actually email him saying what had gone on, but I'll just, I'll, I'll read you my email. Um, so the next day at work, I was told some disappointing and quite infuriating news. So it had a really, a really negative effect. I was really consumed with anger, something that I just couldn't shake. So my first reaction was I went into, into the office to to basically gossip with people and badmouth this person who told me this. Um, and then they started badmouthing them too, which is what I wanted. They were talking about other stuff. It wasn't what I wanted, so then I moved on. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't shake this anger. It's like I just need. I was so, so angry. Um, went on for hours, and I was desperate to just not feel this way. Forgetting what the person had done, I just didn't want to feel this anger in me the whole time. Um, so... I was going over to so dual site school. I was going to the other site, um, listening to worship music because I just wanted to see. I wanted to see it go. I wanted to see things change. And then I was walking past the leisure centre and saw in Jolly Jungle, and I thought, you know what? I should have just called in sick today and like taken the boys out and gone and played. That would have been better. And at that point, God said to me, "There, you're getting it. You're getting the idea. It's not about systems. It's not about empires. It's about the individuals. That's why I've placed you in here in this school for the individuals." And I thought oh yeah, it's not about me, it's about the individuals. And, and like, I had a few ideas of what it was that he was doing with me. And yeah, so that, that was God speaking to me, but I still felt the same. I still felt so angry, so infuriated, and I still couldn't, I just couldn't shift it. And um, I was desperate. So I was sitting at the other site, and, um, and I was so desperate that I opened my Bible app. <laughs> and um, I thought, oh, God, I need you to really speak to me. And I opened it, and... And it just came straight to James 3.16. For where jealousy and selfish ambi ambition exist, there will be disorder and every evil practice. And I just felt convicted that my anger was about my ambition. It was all about me. It was about what this person had done to affect me and my ambition. And I realized I needed to just repent for that. I needed to let that go. And in that, I needed to forgive them. And that was really hard. I sat there for about two minutes arguing with myself about whether I should forgive this person, the many reasons why they don't deserve it, how I should be responding. But God was just saying, you have to forgive them and let them get away with it. So I was having this internal struggle, this conflict. And the second I decided I'm going to forgive them, I'm going to let them get away with it, everything went. So this anger that I'd been feeling for hours just dissipated almost immediately. That's good. So I printed it out when he emailed me. And it was on my desk. That was good. Then I got a call that had a profound effect on me, kind of like that. Anger, upset. And this wretched thing... <laughs> was sitting on my desk in front of me. You know what we're saying about the testimony? Has that meaning of me? Do it again, Lord. 
See, I had a choice and a struggle. Was I going? There was no question whether God would would do what was necessary. I had to choose to be led by the Spirit of God. Now it's it's great. A couple of weeks ago, I taught about it. Well, I thought it was good teaching. But oh boy, the choice to be led by the Holy Spirit is a choice to say no to what I want and yes to what he wants. There is no query about his ability to enable us to be different, to do different, whatever. The power is there, the promise is there. There's no question about it. The choice is ours. Do I want to be led by the Holy Spirit? There's a cost. There's a cost to yield. You see, in Mark chapter 14, verse 3, you get the story when the woman brought the, um, the alabaster jar of ointment, uh, very expensive, that she was going to anoint Jesus. Before she could anoint Jesus, that jar was broken. It had to be broken. And I think that there's a, there's a brokenness which is about not what I want, Lord, but what do you want? That's that kind of saying, yes, okay, your way, your choice. I guess probably most of us would understand carnal or selfish impulses. But you see, God wants us to go his way and and protect that anointing. Because that's something that's very precious, which is for a purpose the purposes in fact to actually try and do anything without being led by the spirit without that anointing is going to cause us problems you see God's power in the Holy Spirit what God does is like an enabling and equipping to actually do and go God's way now whether that's about an action whether that's about a stepping out whether it's about an attitude whether it's about a change of response all those things come into the category He has his way and we can walk in it as we're led by the Spirit. Of course, the nature of the Spirit often is a... What's the Bible talk about? A still, small voice. You know? Almost possible to kind of push down. You know? To turn aside from. Or to allow uh, the emotions, or as Richard was saying, the anger to overtake that. But look at the faithfulness of God that he was just talking about. He goes a certain way, he opens the word, God speaks to him and bang. He receives in the power of the Holy Spirit all that he needs. He just got a little choice to make at that point. See, the Holy Spirit is characterized as a dove, gentle. Matthew eleven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine. Come unto me, you labor and heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you, for I am gentle and humble. Gentle and humble. The characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Not forceful, Granting us an opportunity to choose. Gentle and humble. Yeah? You know which way is best, don't you? 
Uh, a bit scary, though. You know, being led by the Holy Spirit means I can't really fight for me. It's not according to my order. You know, there are lots of responses he wanted to make, or I wanted to make. It's a bit scary, because it's actually about saying, I choose to put my trust in you, confident that you know best and can take me that way. Ezekiel 11 says about putting a new spirit within us of softness, of tenderness, of sensitivity. We're actually <laughs> helping others becomes perhaps a bit more important than helping ourselves to what I think, to what I feel, to the attitude I might have at any given time. I guess there's a cost of this adventuring with the Holy Spirit. We're going to hear some testimony today enjoying what God's doing amongst us. But there's a cost. Let's say in your heart you really want a relationship. And then you kind of meet somebody and it kind of feels good and yet inside and it's what you wanted but inside there's that little I don't know how do you describe it we talk about a little sense of dis-ease and somewhere deep inside we know this is God we know we, 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 we want to push it down we want to argue it, we want to reason it, but we know it's God warning us. And yes, true to say that sometimes it's a rough ride. You know what, when we're facing difficult things, we need to hear God in order to keep on keeping on. In Deuteronomy 10, 13, when God's dealing with the people, he said, this is for your good. Now, we've just been declaring this morning that God is good. Yes? God is good. Have we just been singing that, declaring that? God is good. Can we trust that what he does and what he says and what he says no to is also for our good? Can we affirm that to him? Yeah? Because that opens the way for us to move into all that he has for us. So when we hear ourselves saying, I shouldn't say this, but... We stop. I shouldn't eat this, but... I shouldn't drink this, but... I shouldn't buy this, but... Were we right? Were we hearing a restriction? See, I don't know to what extent we've talked about this, but being led by the Spirit provides guidelines 
or if you want restrictions. And there is a cost. The cost primarily is saying, no, I'm receiving no. Well, I don't really understand why, what's wrong with it. I don't really... Do you know there's quite a few things we don't understand? But we still make use of them. How many of you really understand electricity? Yeah. I was helping Daniel yesterday. Uh, he was trying to f fit a new light in, but it got more complicated. He understood it at a certain point when he got a shock. <laughs> he understood this thing's got a kick to it. I was glad it was only a minor shock because I was kind of standing underneath him. He didn't fall on top of me. See, we don't need to understand in order to obey. We don't need to understand in order to avail ourselves of the guiding and the leading and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We just need to say, okay. Yeah. Let's hear a little bit more about what God's saying and doing. <clears throat> I think I'm saying, if it's God, I want, I want to know, I want to go his way. Yeah? Um, Teresa, would you come and just, I've got this if you, I don't know whether you've got it or not, but I want you to hear from Teresa. I've been enjoying these all the week. Oh, you've got it, okay. Do you want, just, I'll hold it for you, you can okay. hold the paper. Well, since John has been talking to us about being led by the Spirit and leaning into the Spirit, um... Basically, I had quite a few things happening in my life where uh, for a long time I'd been relying on myself and it suddenly dawned on me, you know, what John is saying makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know... Fatima, you need to hear that. <laughs> anyway... Um, I'm with Teresa. <laughs> um, so, basically, I've just been actively sort of asking the spirit um, asking him to strengthen me and to give me wisdom like beginning of the day end of the day through the day and for him to give me guidance and peace in you know the many different situations that you know were happening in my life and then um, not so long ago I sort of suddenly realized that um, I've been experiencing a much greater sense of you know, assuredness and confidence, not just in my personal life, but at work. And um, I can particularly recall at work, actually more than once, um, but one day, sort of last week, wondering how on earth I was managing to feel so unusually light. Mm. I mean, I felt like I was like, God was just lifting me, you know, carrying me along. I mean, I really felt as I was floating. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, I just felt so in harmony in, with my surroundings and with God. And, uh, yeah, I thought God is at work here. Um, but also, um, over the weeks, I've experienced some really good times at the meeting where I've arrived feeling sort of utterly drained and empty and um, sort of left feeling really lifted up and joyful. And uh, this, this new feeling of joy hasn't been a transitory thing. It's sort of often remained with me um, and it's a lasting thing. And I think yeah. <laughs> Amen. Thanks very much, Teresa. <laughs> See, 
She didn't suddenly get a leading of God to walk on water or go to China. The leading of God was about in her life she could live differently. See, I want us to understand that that God is involved in the totality of life. There are specific things he may lead us to do. But that is just as precious. When I read that, I thought, yes, this is God leading us into enjoying the fullness of what he's got for us. Isn't that good? Praise God. Yeah. Uh, Ellie, come and talk to... This is another different thing, again. Come on, Belteshaw. Yeah. Hey, man. So you were kind of just um, looking to God to sort of organize money and make ends meet and that sort of thing. Then you were at work and you felt God say something to you. Yeah, I am at work last week. And suddenly, God started to talk to me. And they say, Ellie, see when your insurance will finish, my car insurance. Okay, at the beginning, I didn't understand nothing. went through my email. I saw my email will finish next month. I still just ask, but why? And they say, I want you to leave your car. But I still, like, but why? I need my car to do a lot of things for kids, for Balthazar, go to work, for my work to go here, go there with the kids. I can't. Still say, see how much you spend at your car. How much you're spending on the car? In, in the car. Yeah. I'm no good at math, but <laughs> I went again my phone and done the count and I said, oh, there is a lot of money. Okay. I say, but, but, but I can't. Hmm? You've got a problem because if you're going to yes. get rid of the car, you've yeah. got to tell Belteshaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then they say, you need to speak with your husband. But I say, all my days, my husband will be not happy with me. Your husband we'll will be, not be happy. Mm. We'll be hard with maybe shout, say, no, I need a car. No, he would not shout. <laughs> and God still say, Speak with your husband. And right. then I say, okay, I will. I will speak with Balthazar. So you spoke to your husband, yeah. and what did your husband yeah. say? Um, so when I went to pick up Ellie, I saw Ellie different. Then when I stopped the car, Ellie said, stop the car. I have something to tell you. Oh, dear. I say, okay. <laughs> say, say, I need to talk to you. If you want to like, believe me, you believe me. You don't want. But Ellie, not Ellie. Say, okay. What do you want to tell me? Say, God speak to me. Say, God speak to me. And then God give me the things to prove, prove. When we went out, we need to stop the car. Because we spend a lot of money. We need to spend the car for... We save money for, for the house. We got the problem with the house. Mm. And when, as soon as I started to speak with Balthazar, I didn't even finish. 
And then when I see... I'm just trying to get to that. Yeah, yeah. You said, <laughs> yeah. you no, said I feel, I feel yes. peaceful, peace in you my heart. Yes. I say, yes, I feel so peace so in my heart. And say, you were and expecting a and different I didn't, because I was like, I didn't catch if it's God. You say, maybe it's enemy. If it's enemy, maybe I will argue with you. But as soon as I didn't finish, but as I say, yes, we have to do it. Yeah. Because God knows. I say, yes. We have, we must do this. Yeah. But first, we need to call your mentor, Leonie, to say what happened. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. See, being led by the Spirit starts off by whatever God says, a position to say, yes, I will. Yeah, there was a kind of, well, what... And then, as she stepped into it, she saw what the costs were. She began to see the reason of God. And then, praise God, her husband, instead of... (laughs) He didn't shout, he didn't get angry, he said, yes, we must. God's leading. As, As you guys came up, I felt God dropped a word into my head for you. And it was about the Portuguese community and um, for, you to, for there to be a release and anointing for you to reach into that community. I don't know if there's much of a community, but I could see you leading something. And we've always said, and in fact, actually, quite an old thing, God gave us a heart for the nations, but the nations are here. And I felt that God wants to release you to reach the nations that are here. And that the people that you know with a Portuguese tongue, he would just start to give you opportunities and that you should stand bold and tall and strong and expect an authority in those situations that people will start to come around you, start to be attracted to you, and that you would direct them to God. Right, let's, uh, let's pray for them. I'll come to you quicker than you can come to me. Somebody else join me, guys. Stand up. Father, we receive your word. And we ask that you would bring it to pass by your mighty power and by your mighty spirit. Lord, cause them, we pray. Commission them in the power of the Holy Spirit to be shining lights for those in the Portuguese-speaking community. Lord, direct them, lead them. Lord, they take a step about the car and then you speak to them about something far more. We receive that, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. When Grant came up here earlier, um, he just finished with a sentence, and sometimes we can miss the things that that I think God really wants to amplify. Um, And as he was finishing, he just said about, um, for the parents of the children, as your children come home, he said something about parents talking to your children. And there's something that I felt God just amplified in me about parents and their role with their children. And I'm particularly thinking it's for youth and up. So for parents of children, youth and up, there's something that God wants to stir with you about your role with your children. There's something about um, breaking through disappointments, overcoming disappointments of the, of the past, about hope being reignited. Um, there's something about parents, particularly you deciding to stand with an authority to lead. 
And I thought there's something really important about an authority to lead, that actually you, that there will be a right alignment, that you would see what your role is to lead these children. At times when you might have thought, actually, I can't get into that because of this reason or that reason, I felt that there was a, a fixing of that, that God said, no, that's not the right focus, but actually he's anointed you. He's made you the person to lead. And so he wants you to stand up today with an authority to lead and that he will take you somewhere beyond your expectation and that you should be expecting God to, to enlarge, to increase what you've seen before because God has a promise of something else beyond that. <clears throat> so um, I just want to pray for, for parents. If parents are responding to that, would, would you just stand and let's just pray for you. Well, I just pray for these parents, Lord, that, that you would that you would continue to anoint them and allow, and allow them to see the authority that you have given upon them, Father. Lord, I pray that these parents would stand in a new way, Father. Lord, that you'll cause breakthrough and limitations that have stood on them before will be smashed, Father. Lord, I pray that you'll give them a new confidence and a new ability to hear you and to minister to their children. Lord, that they would know that they are the ones that are called to be these children's parents, that they are the best parents in the world. And when you call and you give responsibility, you also give anointing, Father. And I pray that you will enable them to see that you have not made them to be grasshoppers, but you have made them to be conquerors in their homes, Father. Bring breakthrough, Father. Enable them to speak your words to their children, Father, and minister to them, Father. Lord, that they are the holy ministers in those houses. In Jesus' name, amen. Some remarkable things that God's leading with some specific direction there. You see, the, the point is, when we receive the word of the Lord, uh, whether it's what Richard was sharing earlier and I was um, following on from, what we heard from just now from Teresa or Ellie and Beltazar, if we receive the word of the Lord, it has the power within I think the word is the debar. It has the power within to make it happen. And therefore, what you've just heard as you receive that comes with power. Should we hear a bit more? I mean, I've got quite a lot. But we're okay for a couple of hours, aren't we? Yeah, okay. It really comes down to this. I have a question. Do you want amazing in your life do you want amazing in your life yeah I think we do you know what's the alternative well you know it's what I do you know it's life and it just goes on doesn't it you know go to work to earn the money to buy the food to give you strength to go to work to earn the money to buy the food nah amazing being led by the spirit of God Spirit of God turns you into another person. Yeah? Turns you into another person. You're not just natural. Supernatural. Empowered to live in a way that pleases God. Yeah. Mark, got something to say? Okay. Judy, is Judy in? Yeah, Judy. Yeah, come on, let's hear these things. It's good. Jane? Where's Jane? Oh, yes, where I saw you earlier on. Just you've changed your uniform. So, most of you know, I'm part of a, a business networking group organisation, and I went out on one of their meals, which I don't particularly like going to. They're fairly dull and boring. Um, and I really didn't want to go out, but I said, I've committed to going, I better go. 
So we were meeting in a Chinese all-you-can-eat buffet place. It was interesting because in the restaurant, there was us, us on one table, a couple in the corner, and just three staff. And one of the people around the table, around the table that had two Jews, a Muslim, the head of the Masonic Lodge, a magistrate, and Graham the Boiler guy. <laughs> it's a real mixed bag of people, but that's the sort of diversity you get within the BNI organization. Anyway, on a, on a photographer, and she pipes up and she goes, let's tell something about ourselves that nobody else knows. I thought, oh, great. <laughs> so I'm sitting waiting for it to go around the table very quickly, and just that sense of the presence of God. I'm like, no, not now. <laughs> not now. I thought, what am I going to talk about? I can either say something just superficial and quick and easy, or I can express something. So I said to him, what do you want me to talk about? And it got round to me, and the strangest thing happened. The three staff that had been serving us food all pulled up chairs and sat down. <laughs> I'm like, what on earth is going on here? And I shared a snapshot of my testimony. And I was real, and I was vulnerable, and I was open, but just off that nudge. And all of their faces suddenly changed, especially Leah, the photographer. She goes, I'm an atheist. And she goes, I, that's what it is. She goes, I've been seeing you and observing you for the last year. You're very different to a lot of people that I come across. There's something about you. Now I know what it is, and I'd like to unpack some of my reasons behind being an atheist with you. Graham, the boiler guy, then pipes up and goes, there's more than just him. <laughs> the reason for that is because he's done work for a fair few of you in your houses. And he goes, it's not just Mark, there's more of them. They're all, they're all like that. And it was just that thing of, we can become too familiar with what we have. And we can miss the now moments of God. You are different. You are different because God has placed you amongst this community of people at this time, at this season. We're different. We need to remember that. And when you get the nudge, you can either be superficial or you can say, God, what have you got for me to communicate? Because that has sparked a bunch of conversations which are going to be ongoing. Leah and her husband are going to come for dinner with me and tea. And I wanna, I'm expecting... I'm expecting her to be transformed and changed by the God that I know. Amen. See, just as Judy's coming, there was a moment in time, again, where he had to choose to do what he believed God wanted him to do. It's the same every time. We've got elderly neighbours and the husband has had an ulcer on his foot for eight months and the doctors have tried everything and at different points have been very concerned about his health and um, I went and just before the leaders weekend went and prayed for him and before I went I, I walked out the door to do it I'd been a bit nervous about it for about a week because I'd told his wife I was going to come and do it and before I went I thought oh no I'll just ask God what he wants me to say and I felt God say just love him just show him love so I went over and ended up just chatting with him and then prayed for him. And then there was a gap and I went back and his wife came out of the house and said to me, 
your prayers don't work. <laughs> and so I went in to see him, and he'd been in hospital, the infection had got into his blood, he'd been very poorly. And so the children and I went in after school and I said, I'll completely understand if you don't want me to pray for you, but would you like me to pray for you again? And Caleb prayed and then I prayed and he was willing. And then um, last week I was putting Caleb in the car and he walked out of his house and he said to me, someone up there likes you. Your prayers have done in two weeks what the doctors haven't been able to do in eight months. Jane's got a life story here. <laughs> it goes on a bit. Um, the first part is, it was one Sunday morning, it was when we, we didn't meet here, we had to meet at Castle Point because we couldn't get access. Um, and the side doors were open. And I felt God was saying, the doors need to be closed. Um, you need to close the doors because I've got something for you all, but it's just for you and you need to close the doors. So go and close the doors. I was like, and I just felt a fall. I said, I can't do it. And I kept looking and I went to go and then I stopped and I went to go again and I didn't do it. And I came away and then God kept just reminding me, just gently saying, remember the doors, Jane? Remember what happened with the doors? And um, I said, yeah, I do remember. And I should have done it, but I didn't. Um, anyway, I found myself then probably about a week later, I was at Westfield and um, I was going through the, towards Marks and Spencers and I just kept spotting people, just couples, having just a, it's just a bad look between them or a horrible word. I could see someone about to cry because something had been said and it was just like, everyone's arguing. Why is everyone arguing? I could, I, it was just highlighted to me as I walked along. And then I got to Marks and Spencers and there were two women who, they knew one another, but one went to the other and said, what did you mean by that? I wouldn't know what you meant by that. And there was this really loud argument and no one seemed to notice it. And they were just standing there and it just went on and on and it got louder and louder. And then God said, you need to go and talk to those women. And I was like, oh no, I was squirming. I just thought, I can't do it. I just can't do it. And um, so I walked around and I looked at stuff and God kept saying, remember the doors. You didn't do it, did you, Jane? You didn't do it. So go, I'm telling you now, go and just go and do what I'm t- telling you to do. So I walked around them, near them for a while, and then I was just was going, remember the doors, just do it. So I went up, and I said, oh, excuse me, and they, they moved aside to let me pass. So I said, no, no, I've got something to say. I said, and, and I did it, was just saying to God, I what do I say? I don't know what to say to them. And um, so I just went up and said, look, um, God just wants you to know that if you want to resolve this, then you need to come at it with an approach of love, acceptance, and forgiveness. And one just said, yeah, and the other one went, yeah, okay, like, you know, get lost, really. And so I went, and I don't know what happened. I don't know if it had any effect or not, but I just felt like God was saying, you know, it was just teaching me a lesson, basically. Just trust me and do what you're told. It doesn't matter what the outcome is or why. You just need to hear me and do what I'm telling you to do. Yeah, yeah. Excellent, excellent. He's not determined by what we assess as being the result. He's determined by us choosing to be obedient. And uh, interesting, isn't it? The mercy of God. 
weird about shutting the doors. Uh, but God was using that to show Jane something that brought, he brought it back later and uh, used it as a little gentle godly leverage upon her. Uh, such a variety of things. Journeying with the Holy Spirit. Do you want more? More of God, more of the Holy Spirit, more power, more victory. Yeah? Anybody? Yeah? Where do you think that desire comes from? It's God who works in us, both to create the desire and to give the ability to do His will. So you're sitting there with a desire for more power, more victory, more of God. More of being led by his spirit. Because God has created. Now, God does not set something before you to snatch it away. Just as I reach for it. You enjoyed that, didn't you? Because <laughs> that's not like God. He gives us the desire in order to fulfill it. Because he gives us the desires of our heart not boring you know to walk with God boring to try and be a Christian but not boring to walk with God in the power of the Holy Spirit so my question really is we're talking about we want more of God uh, how do we do that in each case in each case there was a saying no to say, oh, I can't do that. Oh, I can't speak to them. Oh, I don't feel like doing that. Or what will my husband say? In each case, there's that willingness to say no to self and yes to him. So a question, again, another question. How much of you does the Holy Spirit have? How much? Is there more room that you could say, okay... I, res I, I move back from the limitations, the hesitations in favour of giving more to you. See, we want his fullness, guys. Yeah? Not just enough to survive. It's the lowest form of life is survival. We don't want to just survive. We don't want to just get by. We want more of his Holy Spirit. Take all of me. Fill me. This is not about manifestations, but this is about being a witness. You know, Mark was just talking about Graham the boiler man. I don't suppose, in all the different places, everybody has kind of gone through the four spiritual laws or uh, the way of salvation or something like that. But we are witnesses because we, God is in us. I mean, it's great that God is with us, but the Bible tells us God the Holy Spirit is in us. That we're different. We can live from a different life source. We're no longer just natural. Take all of me. Fill me. That I might be your... I want to live supernaturally. And the truth of the matter is, you can have the power to do that. Every day. Be a blessing to others. Maybe comfort, maybe strengthen. Meet some need. 
Walk in power and ability and efficiency. Yes? 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 I'm talking about the application of what we're, what we're talking about. Let's hear a little bit more. Um, Vic? Is Vic in? Yeah, come on, Vic. Come tell us. And Hannah? So, um, a week ago, Sunday morning, I was praying. And I really felt God reminded me about Joshua 1.9, where it says, Be strong and courageous and do not be discouraged. And um, Monday and Wednesday, I had a couple of, sort of meetings, conferences. And I believe God gave, dropped me a specific question to ask at this meeting of parliamentarians on the Monday. And as I sat in that committee room, I thought, I really don't want to ask this question don't really feel like it but I thought no God, God has told me to be strong and courageous so um, I asked my question and it was a bit rebutted really um, but afterwards I spoke to the um, man Matthew who'd answered the question and I'd kind of heard a bit about him and he's quite um, senior in the field that I work in he leads on um, maternity care in England and so I went up to him afterwards and got a little bit more out of him. And then as I was walking back to the tube station, um, he was there by the crossing. And we ended up walking back into the station with this other lady and just chatting to him and just, just felt like building relationship a bit more. Um, so that was Monday and I was really, um, really pleased about that. And then on Wednesday I had this other... A conference that I was going to across London and um, again I'd agreed to talk to this lady again who's quite influential and I hope maybe um, we could sort of work together in the future and um, she just kept coming up to me all the way through the conference it was really good I was really pleased and then um, and we seemed to get on very well and you know I was continued to be that sort of bold um, in that and then when I came back to the tu to the train station afterwards I saw her on the train station and for that moment I had a choice I could go down the platform and just ignore her and do my own thing or I thought no God this is like Monday and I bumped into Matthew and we walked back with this other lady maybe this is a chance for me to go up and say hello and just be a bit bored even if she's like oh no I don't want to talk to you I just want to do my own thing and um, anyway, the trains were delayed. So a 20, 25-minute journey took an hour and a half, and we talked the whole way and just really built relationship. And I was able to sort of kind of put sort of concepts that I needed to put across to her again and again. Um, and she just kept saying, oh, really, we need to talk on the phone afterwards. Wow. <laughs> Vic being bold in that situation. You see, you didn't realise that God sometimes is behind the train delay, did you? <laughs> um, last weekend, I had a phone call that um, told me that my granny, who lives back up north, had become quite unwell and was in hospital, and um, it looked like she wouldn't survive the weekend. Um, she, she was still alive by Sunday, which was uh, good that she's still alive today. Um, but... There was something in me where my parents, my family were telling me not to go, um, and I wasn't really sure whether to go or not. I couldn't really hear. And we had um, a 
changeable relationship when I was younger and there'd been a lot of things that I felt I'd had to work through and forgive in the time that had gone by since. Um, and I felt in the meeting last Sunday that God said to me, like one of those very clear moments, God said, you need to go. Um, so that was quite a thing in itself in that I had to get Asher out of school. We had to go up for a couple of days, 11 trains in two days with two children. It was effortful. But I felt like God was saying to me, you need to go and you need to talk with her. So I was really not sure if this was going to be one of those kind of great moments where God tells you exactly what it is you're going to say to somebody and it's going to change everything. But I got all the way there and I had no idea what I was doing. Um, so I got there and I sat with her and we had um, a lot of conversations. And actually, um, she was open and she did talk to me about stuff and we did um, end up praying. Um, but there was, there was significance in that I felt God had sent me to have those conversations with her. But particularly... Um, it was that God changed something in me and gave me a compassion for her that I hadn't had before. Um, so I'd had a forgiveness, but I hadn't really come to that place, I think, of loving her, um, which was that next stage that I didn't even realize I was missing. And so actually, you know, I'm very thankful because I went because God told me to go. I didn't really know why I was going. I'm thankful that actually I think he brought her to a different place of his relationship with her through our conversations and through our praying. But I was glad that he, he saw something in me that needed changing that I didn't even really know what it was until I got there. Um, yeah. Thank you. Isn't that interesting? There's one thing about forgiveness but there's another thing about the compassion of Christ dwelling in us so yeah did you mention how many train journeys 11 train journeys with two little kids yeah in two days in order to do that yeah hmm. it's worth it it's worth it to fly halfway across the world to have a meeting in an airport with somebody for half an hour because if it's God it's always worth it. Yeah? Well, it seems such a little thing. Boy, look at that time. That's Fatima's thought. thought. <laughs> look at that time. All these things I've got prepared to talk to you about. I'm going to pick. I'm just going to read a few things. you know it's right to stop yourself mid-sentence sometimes? You're going to say something and you suddenly realise that ain't going to be helpful. That's, that's not a positive confession of truth. You know? When you get that hesitation, good idea to take note of it. Oh, no, I shouldn't be saying that. I'm stopping right here. Yeah? Hmm... See, it's a good thing. In the Old Testament, you know that uh, God instituted sacrifice for sin. He kind of covered sin. But in the New Testament, sin's removed. We don't have to live under it. It no longer has dominion over us. But if we're going the wrong way, the goodness of God will convict us, either to put something right or to stop us going in the wrong direction. This is the ongoing work and power of the Holy Spirit. And we... According to what, we, what we've looked at before in Romans 8.14, I'm kind of trying to recap a little bit today, are sons of God led by the Spirit of God. Interesting it says sons, not babies, uh, not servants, but those who can be informed, those who can be engaged, 
can have plans but can be changed, can be adjusted according to what God says because of that level of maturity. I was planning today originally to talk about um, the gifts of the Spirit but not redirected on that. Uh, I was interested in what Avril brought to us earlier on in reading because I was looking at Romans 5 and how God poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Guys, what we've got comes directly from God. Yeah? Come on, help me a little bit, because you're looking a little bit as though you're waning a bit. I know it's more interesting listening to Hannah, and it's more lively and fit, but now you've got to listen to me. So nudge somebody and say, I know he can be boring, but what he just said is true. God has poured his love into your heart by the Holy Spirit. Tell somebody. Wake them up gently. I don't have time to, to go through again all the aspects of the Holy Spirit. But the Bible says the Holy Spirit is a comforter. A comforter. A comforter can do what people can't do. Can do what people cannot do. Nobody can comfort like the Holy Spirit because nobody can get into the very deepest being of you than the Holy Spirit. Comforter. Sometimes we kind of say, oh, yeah, it's just a little thing. It's too little to bother God about. Guys, can we just remember that to God, everything is little. Yeah? To God, everything is little. He is the creator of the universe. So we think, oh, it's just a little thing. But everything is little to God. And he still wants to engage and be part of our lives and do what only he can do. And stand with us. You know, one of the, one of the meanings is uh, that... He is the kind of, this is the best way to describe it, standby. He's looking always there in case there's opportunity. You know, sometimes those of you who've been uh, on flights, you can't get on a particular flight and uh, they put you on the standby list so that if any, any opportunities open up, uh, you're, on that, you're on that list. Uh, it's an exciting experience. Uh, <laughs> I remember getting as far, uh, Dawn and I and the kids, some years ago, we got as far as actually getting down the jet bridge to get onto the flight, and then they changed their minds that standby wasn't actually quite available for us. So it's kind of, you hope. But you see, the Holy Spirit as a standby is always there, is always ready to step in, is always ready to take that opportunity. Because we're choosing not to settle for enough. We want to just not just get by but be filled. He brings things to remembrance and convicts. Convicts. Tells us, I know what you feel like. But how about this? And we heard it from Richard earlier on. Romans 12, 21. <coughs> I know what you feel like, but this is what I'm saying. 
overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. You think, Phew. and I will empower you to do that. See, adventuring with the Spirit is really, really good. It's really exciting. What a, what a variety of things we've just heard today. And I know there's more that you could be saying. Just think of the variety of things that different ones have told us today. All about the leading and the direction of the Holy Spirit, the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Just amazing. So we don't really want to miss him. Yeah? Agreed? We don't want to miss him. We don't want to miss out on that. We don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. Grieve means to, to vex or sadden. And Ephesians 4 tells us that if we get into wrong talk or unkind things about someone or complain or murmuring or resentment or rage, that hinders, doesn't help, rather to be thankful. Bible, it's in Romans 13, talks about not, not catering for the flesh. And in a couple of more minutes, and I know the children are coming in, but uh, it's worth just kind of finishing off on this. Don't cater for the flesh. You know, you know um, if you're very rich and you go to what's called a full-service hotel, you know, they greet you at the door, they, uh, you wouldn't know, no, but... Yeah. Hang out with me and you might be able to. Uh, and they look after you and, I mean, they come in and, because you're not able to really sort of turn your bed down uh, at night, they do all that. And the problem is, if you're catered for like that, you've got a bill to pay at the end. It's the same with these fancy restaurants. You go to a fancy restaurant where you're no longer able to take the, the napkin and and put it on yourself, they have to do it for you. Uh, where you're not able to open the menu uh, because they do it for you. Uh, where everything is done for you, but there's a bill to pay at the end, and it's all incorporated in the bill. See, if we make provision for the flesh, there's a bill to pay. There's an outcome. We actually deviate from what God has got, the very best for us. Romans 8, don't be controlled by sinful nature, but by the Spirit. The Spirit of God lives in you. That is, causes us to want God's will. I'm going to finish with this. Because I'm talking about, let's have everything that God's got. Let's pay the price. Let's say no to self. Let's say, yes, I don't feel like doing this. Or, whew, can I really, Vic was just saying, can I really, if what, perhaps I go to a different part of the platform? David, King David, is described as a man after God's own heart. Murderer, adulterer, big time messy upper. Man after God's own heart. Why? Well, we get a little clue on that. Well, first of all, because his heart was open to God and he came to repentance, didn't make excuse. He said, Lord, against you and against you only have I sinned. 
But this is what he says, what it says when he says it's a man after God's own heart. He does everything I want him to do. He does all my will. And you know, because of that, he was somebody who could recover from failure. Because he understood forgiveness. Because he received God's forgiveness. He understood God's forgiveness. He messed up, but he could recover from it. And there was something in his desire and commitment to do everything that God gave him to do. He understood the truth that the mercy of God was from everlasting to everlasting. There was no limitation on it. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The life, the life is how Jesus planned it to be. And we access that in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's just a kind of bit of a recap over the recent weeks that we've been talking about. Hans was talking about last week, about the obedience. Let's just stand together. Lord, we just... We can't avoid, Lord, having heard from our brothers and sisters today something of the challenge, something of the excitement, something of the empowering, something for the amazing to be led of your spirit and filled with your spirit. And Lord, we say we don't want to be partly filled. Lord, we don't want to kind of just get by. And so to that end, we together... And I'm praying this on behalf of us all. You have to uh, agree with this in your own heart. I'll speak out an agreement to it. Lord, we together say, have all of me. Have all of me. That I might be filled with your spirit. That I might be led by your spirit. That I might not grieve or limit your spirit. That I might know what it is constantly to be empowered to say no to anything else and yes to you. Because adventuring with your spirit is the provision that you've made for me. Oh God, grant that we pray. Grant that we pray, Lord. That we might move in that that you have provided for us. Lord, that we might live not a boring life, not just managing. But a life that we can say, that's amazing. That's amazing. Just, Lord, as we've heard time and again this morning. What an amazing God.